are listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. This episode is sponsored by roses. I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden, but you can have one with roses. Roses! Greetings, and thank you for listening to another episode of Rootbound. My name is Steve. What's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet, right? Remember from Romeo and Juliet? This episode had me thinking a lot about plant names. Uh, Well, I think every episode does that, but maybe this one in particular. I, I think plant names are super interesting. And, you know, that saying a rose by any other name would smell as sweet is true. What we call plants does not affect their properties. However, what we call plants can affect our perception of them and can change the way we relate to them. And understanding the history of plant names, I think, can help us understand plants. Uh, A couple examples I can think of is uh, back in episode five, we talked about Yopan holly, and Yopan's Latin name is Elex vomitoria, and I think the plant had kind of a bad reputation because of that for a long time, and that may or may not have been intentional. Um, also, in the episode when I talked about sunchokes, uh, and their maybe more common name, Jerusalem artichoke, which is entirely wrong, <laughs> and the history of how it got that name that's entirely wrong is pretty fascinating, and kind of hard to pin down, and just an interesting story. Um, there's also a lot of plants that that share a common name that are totally different. So, for example, uh, there's a lot of different plants called daisies that are in different genuses, and marigolds is the same. Um, also, there's uh, a cedar from Europe, a cedar from South America, and a cedar from North America that are actually all different genuses. Um, I find that really interesting of how those plants kind of ended up sharing the same name. And yeah, I think I think if we understand the story and history of plant names and all the names plants have been called, we can learn more about the plant, we can learn more about its cultural history, we can learn more about its properties, and just learning about plant names is cool and fun. So that's what we're going to do today. Actually, both plants in this episode have kind of interesting name stories, and then at the end, I'm going to go down a little bit of rabbit hole about one of those plant names. So let's just get right on and meet our guest. Uh, let's see, a something by any other name. Hmm. Carnation, peony. What about uh, daisy? Chrysanthemum. Iris? Rose? What about rose? Did you say rose? Yeah, rose. Ooh, rose is good. Uh, rose by any other name. Yeah, that, that oh, works. Oh, I like All right. that okay. All right, rose. moving on. Hey, what about tulip? Rose is fine. Moving on. Hi, Moon. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Do you have a plant to share with us today? I have a plant to share it's, oh, great. Share uh, away. It's called, well, there's different names I saw, Plantago, Plantain, and then I found a, a super sexy name called Edible Lawnweed. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I, I, uh, I, I know a little bit about Plantago or Plantain because I do have it in my yard, but I don't know that much. I'm very excited to talk about this plant, and I've never heard it called Edible Lawnweed, but it is in my lawn, and I have eaten it. So Yes. <laughs> It does describe it well. Yeah. So, yeah, tell me more about Plantago. Um, I wanted to talk about it because it's kind of like a weird and quirky 
from me, but um, I, I guess my mom just always kicked us outside to play in the yard. Like as I was a kid, we were just always out there. And I guess like I, I mean, I don't guess, I know I have, I have like ADD uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, why, why do I, why did I like it so much? And I just like, I, as I just went next door to, to get like a cable for this recording, I found some Plantago and I picked it up and it's true. I think I remember correctly. I like to peel it cause it's like really stringy. And so yeah. I would just sit in my yard and like peel it, <laughs> like pick it. Cause like they, it's, there's two different kinds. Uh, well, there are actually like 200 different kinds <laughs> right, right, right. and they're all edible and they're all amazing. Um, but there's two main ones. Uh, there's like broadleaf. It's more like a, like a shape of an egg. And then there's like the long one, the long leaf one. And I had like this broadleaf one growing up and they're really stringy. It's like, it's like, you know, these string cheeses, Uh you kind of just like can like pick it and then like string it and just pick it apart perfectly. And it just goes right on the line of the, of the plant. So it's just like, that was my childhood. I just picked these apart. Sorry. I didn't eat them. I didn't know you could eat them. I just picked them apart. (laughs) I totally, <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. I, I didn't really start to understand plantain or plantago until like, this is the theme. I say this in every episode until my wife and I bought this house and I started really getting into gardening is why I started this podcast. And that's when I started really knowing what it was. I, I never peeled it as a kid, but I, I have seen it now. And yeah, it's really cool. It's got these like little like ribs on it mm-hmm. and they like peel out just like a perfect little, yeah, the year. I, I know I, it's I wish, super weird, yeah. but that's just my. <laughs> I, no, I wish I would have uh, known. About, well, I guess I never grew up you anywhere. Just... I don't think when. I, well, I, I mean, I can still do it. I'll, maybe I'll do that after the show. Go sit out in my yard and just peel. Them. <laughs> it's uh, like a meditation. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then you totally. can put them in your salad. Totally. You yes. I need to eat more yeah. plantain. Have you Have you experimented with eating plantago? Um, yes. And I want to do more. I know that the, like the, the bigger leaves are more like bitter. Mm -hmm. And then the small leaves that grow because they, they kind of grow in, um, like a, I don't know, what is it called? It's like a rose kind of thing. So it like grows from the middle, like they grow all from one place kind of. So I think I know this term, a basil rosette. Oh, it's exactly. Yes. Yeah. Di- yes. Dandelions also have a basil rosette, oh which we goodness, covered on the podcast wow. a while back. And as well as uh, bittercress is also a basil rosette, a pretty common uh, format. This this is one of the things I like about this podcast is learning those vocabularies because I used to remember <laughs> looking at Wikipedias and like read these like this like long strings of words like describing plants. Yeah. And I never knew what it meant, but that's one I do know. It's like the only one I know is basil rosette. <laughs> it's that. It's a basil yeah. rosette. Yeah. So like the little ones in the middle on the bottom, they're like the good ones to eat. And then they kind of get bitter and and like stringy when they get bigger. And that's when I like to pick them apart into little pieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what, what have you, if you put them in salads or do you like cook them or what, what is some stuff that you have tried as far as the edibility? So far, plant- I've, plantain? sorry. So far I've just, I've just, um, put them in salads. That's it. Yeah. 
I need to do more of those. I that that's another great thing about this podcast for me is every time I talk about a plant, it really forces me to do more with it. Like I know it's there; it's been there for like I, since I moved here. Uh, but you know that happened with dandelion. I'm eating dandelion greens all the time now. The bittercress more so. The mm-hmm. like all these other plants. So yeah, thank you for bringing up plantago because it's going to inspire me to go uh, eat more or peel more plantago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Do, do you fi- have any uh, dazzling details or fun facts about Plantago? Yeah. Um, it's a, they're perennials. So they keep coming back year after year. I mean, they're, it's like they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. I grew up with like the round egg ones. But as I, I came to Europe and I live in Europe now, there's a lot of like the long ones as well. <laughs> Just like oh, yeah. playing with them here on the table. <laughs> I just like grabbed. There's just they're just really everywhere. So yeah, and I saw they're they're really high in vitamin A and C, and that like boosts boosts immune health, and also they contain calcium. But I mean, I found so many crazy things. Okay, pretty much. They're found, like, all over the world, like, everywhere. And, okay, I have, like, a bunch of, okay. They're astringent, astringent, antitoxic, antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, antihistamine, and then words I don't know how to say, demulchent, 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 expectorant, Oh my god! Yeah, stipic and diuretic, and I I wrote down all these what they mean. I can go through them just in case anybody needs. To sure, know. I know a few of those, but not astringent all of them. is like a so it can be like a good for the skin, made into a lotion, applied to the skin to reduce bleeding from minor abrasions, and also like uh, helps to cleanse skin, uh, tighten pores, and dry out oil. But then I also saw this. Um, oh yeah, it can be made into a poultice. And that's I saw... one I've heard and experimented with a little bit. I don't know if I, I oh, really? more. Yeah, so I heard about this. The pol- the poultice is like when you like smash up an herb and then apply it topically, right? Yeah. And, and exactly. I heard about this with that you could use uh, plantain as a remedy for insect bites, and we have a bunch of mosquitoes here Mm, that's so good and and so i tried it i I, you know it's one of those things i need to do more i don't like i think it worked but you know how much is actually psychological or not it's hard to tell like it didn't it didn't instantly heal it but yeah the 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 main Mm. trick is you just take it you chew it and then you just stick it on your oh that's so cool and 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 yeah i think i think it you know it did it did something it's you know not like a miracle cure but it's also just kind of fun (laughs) to have an excuse to chew something up and stick it on (laughs) on your arm Yes, yeah. <laughs> I know what to do. Yeah, you can. Do, there's more like fancy ways of making a poultice where you actually like, uh, you know, put it in a mortar and pestle, I, I suppose. But yeah, chewing also works. Yeah, yeah. Um, antitoxic, non-toxic. So you can just. I think. I think I read a few places that like all of the kinds of plantago are like edible. And yeah. So that's crazy. Antimicrobial, so it's like it cleanses, it kills bacteria, viruses, or molds. 
anti-inflammatory, reduces redness, swelling, and pain. Antihistamine treats the common cold, influenza, provides relief from nasal congestion, sneezing, or hives caused by pollen, dust mites, or animal allergy. Wow. It's like... Could do a lot. Yeah. I don't know. All of these are nuts. There's so many. It's like does everything. It's like duct tape. It's like the, duct, <laughs> the duct tape of the yard. The, <laughs> the edible duct tape of the yard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I wonder if you know anything about this. It's okay if you don't because I always tell the audience they can just Google it or, or maybe I'll, I'll do some other research later. But the name is always interesting to me because here we most often call it not plantago but plantain. And mm-hmm. that always confused me. Like the first time someone said they had plantain growing in their yard here in like Northern Virginia, I was like, wait, what? That's, isn't that like a banana? Yeah. Right? Like plant, you know? And I don't know if you have anything in your notes there about why it's called plantain because it's incredibly different than that. And I'm always yeah. fascinated. I think there's a lot of that stuff with plants where, where we name them the same as something else because of whatever reason. And this one is just very confusing to me because I can't see any uh, connection between the plantain, the banana-like thing, and this plant called the plantain. I have nothing in my notes about that. That's all right. Well, well. <laughs> but it's well, not we might the solve same, that. everyone. We might solve that uh, mystery uh, in the end segment of the show, uh, <laughs> if I get a chance <laughs> to do some research on that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, there's some other plants like that I was thinking about where, where oh yeah, in the last episode, which uh, you haven't heard because it's actually not out yet, we talked about... Um, uh, June berries or service berries, also known as Saskatoons. Um, oh yeah, and and their name service berry comes from a European plant called Sarvis, and it's kind of similar. They're completely unrelated plants, mm-hmm. but when like Europeans got to this continent and they saw something that had similar looking berries, they're like, oh, that's <laughs> that's Sarvis, and then it became Service even though it's not related. So anyway, I imagine the plantain has some kind of interesting etymological history like that. Uh, which, uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I, I find that super fascinating with the way we like names can be so confusing about plants. I guess if I look at it and if I like blow it up really big in my mind, then it maybe it could look like kind of like a banana leaf. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> w- one thing I like about them, I wonder if you have any memories of the little seed pods when you were a kid. It did. Yeah, I have a. Oh little, yeah, there I they are. Here. It's kind of like they are showing one to a camera. It's like uh, this one's kind of falling apart, but yeah, they have little. I don't know how to describe that. They're like a little thin stalk, and then there's a little, um, like ball or oval thing at the top and then it's got the little tiny flowers kind of sticking out yeah. it looks very it's very dr seuss i feel that's true yeah i've heard that the seeds are also edible that those create but i have not tried that and it seems like a pain to try to do i think everything is edible yeah Ooh, but i do know that um there was like a bunch of like i don't know i read somewhere like like they pollinate through the wind, but also then I saw that it's like confirmed that bees, like bees, collect pollen from them. So they're oh, like so it does good, both. A good bee plant. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I I talked in an episode a few episodes ago about the difference between 
uh, anemophilus plants and entomophilus plants. And so uh-huh. anemophilus means pollinated by the wind and entomophilus means pollinated by plants. But it, but I think many plants are both. Um, oh, okay. Right. So very interesting. Those but are I heard that it's not. Too. Yes. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I saw that like it's not bees like first choice. Uh-huh. They like they like other stuff better. Yeah, they're, so, they're all whatever. about the, the clover in my yard at the moment. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Do you have any other fun facts or dazzling details about Plantago slash Plantago? Um, um, my partner was always telling me like, oh my God, we have to make cough syrup with plantain. You, apparently you, <laughs> apparently you like put it in a jar, like a one layer of plantain, one layer of honey until the top oh and then you seal it and then you dig a hole in your yard and you leave it for two months and then it's cough syrup <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun who do you dig it out again yeah and i've never tried it but now i have a bunch of like ripped up plantain in front of me so maybe i'll try it now yeah <laughs> that, that that makes sense that one of those words that you listed earlier expectorant normally uh, is what you uh uh oh yeah cough syrup right i think cough syrups are often expectorants i learned i only really learned that word from an episode a few ago, ago about about ivy because ivy is also an expectorant and used in oh. traditional cough syrup uh recipes yeah that's yes. interesting with the honey i've got a lot of honey because i'm a beekeeper and i've got a lot of plantain yes. so maybe <laughs> i can give it a try yes yeah and your honey is very amazing but i'm not using that honey <laughs> for that yeah I, I didn't give you enough for that <laughs> no it's just like too good i can't, uh-huh. I can't use your honey for that <laughs> i'm sure that that you could find some uh good beekeepers over there where you are yeah i bet oh i also see that plantain has been consumed as human food since prehistory wow um I, the, yeah that's so always so interesting to me there's all these things that are food that we just completely ignore. You know, it's so mm-hmm. it's so weird about what we how we treat plants as humans. Because yeah, it's like mm-hmm. you know maybe there, there's a wealth of things out there, and we just have like decided to just ignore like large swaths, and now they just grow in our yard. And and we, you know you can you can peel it every day as a child and not know that it's actually also food. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know like a lot of a lot of. A lot of people are even afraid. I mean, I'm one of them sometimes, but like, you know, afraid to like eat things from outside. And it's like, where do you think food comes from? That's <laughs> literally where it comes from. It's outside and then you eat it. <laughs> true, like, true. Oh my yeah. God. Indeed, indeed. Ooh, I just also saw that the seeds can be cooked as like rice. That's yeah. Weird. Okay, that's what I... I heard about, I might, yeah, I, I tried that. There's another plant called lamb's quarters, which I talked about in a few episodes, which I tried that last year of collecting its seeds and cooking it like a grain. And I've mm-hmm. heard you can do the plantago as well. I would mm-hmm. like to try. It does seem like it's very labor intensive to collect the seeds of, plant- like just, of plantago. Yeah, I'm just looking at them now. They're like really small. Yeah, they're like really tiny, know. but like they're like getting away. I don't know. Like they're <laughs> blowing away. I can't I can't get them. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer.
dispensaries are blowing in the wind. Well, that, thanks for sharing about uh, Plantago. Do you mind if I share a plant with you? I would love to hear about a plant. Oh, great. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I uh, always, it's always a challenge to pick a plant, but mm-hmm. I thought I would kind of go a little bit back to basics today. And this nice. plant that I picked uh, is meaningful me, meaningful to me because it's one of the ones I grow in my yard and it's one that I really like to use a lot and it is oregano. Oh, nice. Yeah. And oregano is really cool. And, and, and the one thing, the first thing I learned that I had no idea about is that oregano is very closely related to marjoram. Okay. And, and in fact, they're the same genus. So oregano is oreganum vulgare, which means common or wild oregano. And uh, marjoram is oreg- oregano, oreganum, oreganum marjora, which means marjoram oregano. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so much so that, you know, I was trying to go back. I always like to try to find some interesting historical stuff about plants. And you can't go back that far because it, it being referred to, at least in the English language, as oregano is relatively recent. Mm. In like uh, older history, the word marjoram was basically interchangeable between the two plants. Okay. And marjoram, they would sometimes call sweet marjoram, and oregano would sometimes be called wild marjoram. Um, mm. And the wild stuff has a bit more of a spicy oregano flavor that we think of as oregano, and marjoram is a little bit sweeter, more subtle that we think of marjoram, but they're very close related. And yeah, you can't find very few references in English to oregano, um, mm. which which I was like, oh, I had no idea. I don't really use a lot of marjoram. I use more oregano. So mm-hmm. uh, that name oregano or, or oreganum is the is the Latin name. Um, the the first part ore or ore or I'm bad with the Latin stuff. Anyway, that first part means uh, mountain, and the other part oh. means joy or brightness so it's the joy or brightness of the mountain is what the name Aww, means in, that's in nice. the original greek which is pretty mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um and i think that also goes back to uh one of the things i found in like um a greek mythology because i guess it you know it's known as a mediterranean plant but greek is like kind of really where i think it became famous and its history goes it's it's you know folklore history goes back to um they say that aphrodite grew oregano on the mountains of Mount Olympus and that it's really grows well in like rocky soil. And so uh. it was the joy and brightness of the mountain. And, and it's, it's been connected with like, with like love and beauty through time, which is really cool. Um, nice. Yeah. Which I, I didn't know. I really love, I really love learning about the history of those plants and like how, you know, a lot of those, especially, you know, plants that are from Europe, we happen to have really like long written records of, which is interesting to have. Um, that the the smell and flavor of oregano um, comes from two. It has a all these herbs have tons of different like compounds in them that add to like the flavor and stuff. But mm-hmm. primarily, there are two thing two compounds in the essential oil of oregano, which is one is is actually thymol, which is actually the primary flavor in thyme. Oh yeah, and I talked about it in our thyme episode. But then there's another one called carvacrol, which that is mo- is the most predominant one, and that is what gives oregano its like oregano like pizza sauce smell. Okay. <laughs> it's called Carvacrol. And Carvacrol. It, uh, Carvacrol. It sounds very cool. It sounds like sounds a, like a band know, like, name. Yeah, we are Carvacrol. Carvacrol. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> it it it, uh, it 
it, it its name comes from Latin and it means like sharp. So that's that like sharp uh. bite of of um, oregano and and thymol and carvacrol are both antimicrobial fungicides, disinfectants, similar to Plantago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, thought that was interesting. And, the, and I knew that thyme had been used traditionally for a long time for like cleaning purposes, but apparently oregano has that same kind of uh, history, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I a lot I, of, a lot of things have that, like maybe yeah. if you just need to disinfect something, you could just like take, take your chances. <laughs> like, I, hey, what's I, up? <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> um, I mean, I, yeah, I think that is, that is interesting. Like I, uh, you know, we, we use, I don't know about this Carvacrol, but in the time episode, I talked about how Timol is actually used in lots of real commercial um, cleaning products now. Oh, and, wow. and that's really, you know, it's true that it has that capability, but people have known that forever so f- much so that time was also part of the embalming process in the, for the ancient Egyptians, right? So that wow. antifungal, anti, uh, 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 you know, f- uh, microbial properties like was really known for a long time. And I imagine Car- Carver Curl is the same, even though I haven't, I, I need to do a little bit more research to that. I literally just learned about that one today when I was kind of uh, catching up on my oregano facts. Um, <laughs> a lot of this stuff that I found came from uh, this this amazing PDF that's like 60 pages that's from herbsociety.org, which is the Herb Society of America, which I just learned about. I guess they've been around since 1933, and they have a lot of great resources about herbs, but it's just really intense document on their site all about the history of oregano, the chemistry of oregano, how wow. to cultivate it, how mm-hmm. to harvest it, how to store it. Uh, it was like, I was like, wow, this is an awesome document. So I'll definitely link that in the show notes. Um, cool. But two super interesting facts about oregano that that I got from that. One is that oregano and that name oregano, I think, oregano wasn't really popular in, in the United States until after World War II. Maybe mm-hmm. marjoram was being grown and maybe a few people were growing it, but really that popularity of oregano and I think why why we know it as like, you know, people in our generation know it was only after World War II. And the story is that it was the American soldiers coming back having gained a taste for for pizza and pasta sauce in Europe mm. mm-hmm. started. And, and I think that the name became more known because that's, you know, more of the name in Italian is oregano. Um, hmm. So that's why, you know, that, there's not many references to oregano in uh, American literature pre-World War II even because it was called mm-hmm. marjoram and it really wasn't as popular. So I thought that was super fascinating. Yeah, totally. Um, and then and then there was uh, saying how often uh, oregano was used in history and folklore as a protection against evil spirits, uh. um, which I was like, that's pretty interesting. But then then this quote, this is what was, this was the one thing that really stuck it to me and made me go down a, a rabbit hole. Well, actually, first, let me read this other quote before I do that. Before I go to that, just a little bit of a general quote about uh, about its use in 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 some of its uses and its and its uh, purposes. Um, this is a a uh, translated quote from Pliny the Elder from Pliny's Natural History, and it says, "Oraganum in general is employed for repelling serpents. It is given boiled to persons suffering from wounds." Taken in drink, it is diuretic, and mixed with a root of panax, it is given for the cure of ruptures and convulsions. In combination with figs or hyssop, it is prescribed for dropsical patients uh, in doses of one, uh, some weird dose number that I don't name. Uh, <laughs> the juice is injected into the ears with milk. It is being, 
it, mm-hmm. it being a cure also for affections of the tonsils and uvula. Anyway, it goes on and on about all these things it can be used for, which I thought was interesting. But uh, the the uh, oh, it also has the effect of uh, stopping the bleeding of the nose. That's the last thing that he has to say. But he has a long list. Plenty has a long list. But then. So I went from that about its uses to this Herb, Herb Society document, and there was this one thing in the section of the Herb Society document about oregano that just says protection. And this is what it says. Both sweet and wild marjoram, that means oregano, have been used to protect against evil being carried and grown in gardens or placed inside the house. They've also been enclosed in magical amulets to ward off colds. And marjoram was believed to repel witches, spells, ghosts, goblins, and the devil if thrown over the threshold of a house or hung over a doorway. Hmm. Wild marjoram had a reputation for protecting milk during storms. And if combined with wild thyme and placed near milk pails, was believed to prevent the milk from being soured by thunder. And I was like, wait, what? Milk being soured by thunder? What? I have I have never heard of this before, and I had to Google this, and I was like, "Wait, is this a what, what is this a thing?" And I and first I found that yes, there was apparently a pretty common old wives' tale that thunder or lightning can spoil milk, and I was oh. like, "Interesting, what is the deal with that?" And then I started digging a little bit more deeper, and apparently it is true. Wow! And and the science is pretty. There hasn't been a ton of research on it, but there is some evidence, and there is one reference on a website called Naked Scientist Blog that says electrostatic fields within a certain range can break up emulsions by polarizing droplets and causing them to coalesce head to tail. During the buildup of a lightning discharge, the field strengths will presumably pass through this range and may cause exposed milk to separate into its aqueous and fatty components. Wow. So and I think it's problem to have. (laughs) I I think it's probably much was much more common, you know, in the days pre refrigeration when your milk is sitting out on the counter, and um, and and it's stored at room temperature, so it's probably also spoiling a little bit easier. And so probably there's a place where your milk is kind of just on the edge of spoiling, that maybe that electrostatic discharge could actually really make your milk spoil. And there was one reference this person who like heard about it had this experience growing up on a dairy where there was a big thunderstorm and all the milk spoiled. And wow. that like, and <laughs> so anyway, uh, apparently placing oregano near your milk pails can prevent that from happening. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I need apparently to try th- this. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> wanting to do that too now. I mean, it, you know, I, I wonder if like, you know, I think some of this is a thing where like maybe it's solved with like also maybe pasteurization prevents this from happening mm. as commonly. But if you can get some unpasteurized milk and leave it on the counter during a thunderstorm, see if you can start the cheese making process. <laughs> or like put one, like put them in two different sides of the house and put some oregano near one of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. What about really? that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Test yeah, I it. think that, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, just, just thinking about, you know, put yourself back in the shoes of someone like pre-electricity, pre-refrigeration. Milk was very important and milk spoiling was like a big problem and, and anything that you big could bar. do to, pre- to prevent it would be good. And so the fact that there's this whole like folkloric use for oregano that has been completely forgotten and doesn't make sense anymore, but was like so <laughs> important to people in the past is just super fascinating <laughs> to me anyway. So that, Absolutely. I, yeah, that, so that's that. So just, you know, Make sure you leave your milk in the fridge during thunderstorms, probably at all times. Um, 
but in general, if you need to, if you need to leave your milk out, uh, put some oregano near it. That's a good, good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, that, that's oregano. Thank you for teaching me about oregano. I have some, I have a question though. Oh yeah, please. How are you, how are you growing it? And like, did you, how did you start growing it in your garden and how's it going? Yeah, great question. Um, the particular oregano plant we have, which I think is a particular cultivar, I might be one called Hot and Spicy. It's got even more pungent flavor than a lot of other ones. Nice. And we picked it up uh, about about a year ago at a farmer's market. So it was already a plant. So I transplanted mm-hmm. it in the garden. I didn't grow from seed. But now this year, it's going gangbusters. It's really oh, big. Nice. I got to actually, I got to start harvesting it before it takes over the whole bed and start drying some because it's it's going really good but i've made a really nice uh fire roasted pasta sauce this year already with it Mm. put it in a dandelion um uh what's the word i'm looking for (laughs) uh frittata a dandelion frittata Ah. put it it was like a it was a dandelion frittata with lots of oregano and yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna be using it a lot more uh, now and I need to because it's really like last year was growing a little bit slow, but this year was like, all right, I'm ready to really just go like crazy. I'll, I'll post nice. some pictures of the plant on, on my Instagram as well. Awesome. Yeah. Any other Good. questions? No. Then all right. Thanks well, so much for teaching me about oregano. Yeah. Well, thanks very <laughs> much for teaching me about Plantago and I'm going to go sit out in my yard and peel some. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Pesto's is known for our family-friendly atmosphere, festive drink specials, and Italian-flavored foods. All right. Uh, and, and after I win this contest today, we're also going to be known for our oregano burger. All right. And what's in that? Just a ton of oregano. The big O. Okay, let's talk about that name, plantain. How did there get to be two entirely different plants with that same name? They're so different, you know, uh... As a reminder, you know, plantain, the the plant we talked about with Moon today, is a little leafy thing that grows in your lawn. And the other plantain, which is probably more commonly known to people, at least in my area, is is the banana. That it's like a savory banana. It's also called plantain. How did those two plants get the same name? So I think the first clue is that, from what I understand, this same name thing really only happens in English. Um, in, in most other language, plantain is plantago or something else, the leafy one, plantain. And uh, uh, in other languages, bananas have other names or, or the plantain banana has other names. So this is an English thing. So let's go back to the root of how we got here. There wasn't anything online that just spelled out how this happened, or at least that I could find. Um, so I kind of have to take my best guess here. So maybe this isn't 100% right, but I, I did some looking on Wikipedia and some various etymology pages and some other like, things. And this is what I think happened. So plantago, that root word planta or plantar, comes from something like plantar, like, you know, plantar fasciitis. It has to do with the sole or or the heel of your foot. And the round leaf plantain kind of looks like the heel of a foot. So I think that's how it got the name plantago. And then over time into English, shifted to plantain. So that's how we got plantain for the leafy one. How did we get plantain for the banana? Well, there is another genus of trees that's Latin name is Platanus, and that is the, the plane tree. Uh, you might know plane trees. They grow in a lot of cities. They're, they're from Europe. There's some in North America too, um, but they have like these little balls. They're kind of like a sycamore. Um, but the plane tree's Latin name is Platanus, and in Spanish, it is Platano. 
And if you know a little bit of Spanish, you know that banana is also platano. So it's actually another mystery there. But somehow, uh, Spanish speakers started calling banana platano. Somehow the plane tree reminded them of it, I guess. But I don't really see that. So this is a, a new mystery. Uh, but but somehow Spanish speakers started calling uh, bananas platano. And then my understanding is that English speakers started taking that Spanish word platano and shifted it to plantain. So there's like two different routes with the way that these words uh, got the same name. And that's super fascinating and confusing and just interesting. And so anyway, I, I thought that I would share that. And if you're listening and you have a different opinion of how this got this way, or there is an authority of how these two plants got that name, please send me a message, uh, rootboundpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at rootboundpodcast. Um, and that's it for today. Thank you for listening and talk to you on the next episode. My guest on this episode of Rootbound was Moon Luffler. Moon is a human being, wild child, artist, musician, and interaction designer. Moon is also one half of the excellent musical duo, Gold Shots. Go give them a listen. Rootbound is hosted by Steve Ellington. That's me. Right? Remember? Music by Christian Krigascota. Fake ads by David Lani. Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside, but if you can go outside, peel a plantain. Either the leafy one or, or the banana. You can peel them both. Actually, that's kind of funny. I didn't think about that association that you can peel them both. Maybe that's why they're called the same thing. I'm babbling. The show's over. Have a good one. Roses!